That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party, a podcast for women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. This season, we're bringing in leading female powerhouses to take a deep dive into the topics that matter most to you. Technology, money, marketing, entrepreneurship, you name it, we're covering it all. Tune in every Wednesday for career, real talk, and BS-free advice from the best in the biz. Ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Cultivating self-confidence in the age of social media, it's not easy. And since the rise of platforms like Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, social media has been linked to increased feelings of loneliness, envy, depression, and anxiety. And in a recent survey, 60% of people reported that social media has negatively impacted their self-esteem. Been there. Despite these stats, Nabella Noor is using social media to inspire people to love themselves as they are. Since launching her YouTube channel back in 2013, she's amassed nearly a million followers and a staggering 1.4 million followers on Instagram. But she's not your average beauty influencer. Since posting her first makeup tutorial to YouTube, she has used her platform to spark a self-love movement, advocate for inclusivity and diversity in the beauty space, and push the culture forward, which is just one of the many reasons why she's attracted major brand partnership with brands like Elf Cosmetics and OGX. In case you missed it, she became an OG expert earlier this year. And I'm so excited to sit down with her today and talk about why representation matters, how she's wielding her influence for good, and what her hopes are for the future of the beauty industry. Trust me, this is a not-to-miss conversation. So welcome to the Beauty Summit. We're so excited to have you. So we always like to sort of start at the beginning. You launched your YouTube channel back in 2013 way before Foundation Shades ranged and had reached today's, you know, Fenty levels of diversity and inclusion. But what compelled you to start posting beauty tutorials to YouTube? And did you expect it to be as big as it is today? Well, first of all, no, I did not expect it to be as big as it is today. And when I was posting it, I, when I started to make videos, it was really because I saw other people doing it and felt so inspired by them. And they represented so many diverse, beautiful communities. And then I realized, wait a second, I could do this for my community. I could do this for brown girls everywhere. I can make videos about my complexion and share tips, people like me, and also anybody that just wants to celebrate beauty in whatever form that they are in. And it ended up being something that people really needed and felt really represented by. And then it just caught on and it was, it's been amazing, the community that I've been able to develop over time. But it all started from seeing that there wasn't something there yet for people like me and then making it happen. 
Absolutely. And so you built this massive platform. You have nearly 900,000 YouTube subscribers, 1.4 million Instagram followers, and you really started out early talking about representation in the beauty industry, which at the time wasn't as prevalent as it is today. So what made you want to go out in that vulnerable way and sort of put yourself out there? I think for me, I grew up in and still live in a very conservative town in a very predominantly white town. And I did not see myself represented in the world around me, not just in the media, not just in entertainment, not just in beauty and fashion, but also physically in the world around me. I grew up with a lot of insecurities and not feeling beautiful in my own skin and not knowing that I am beautiful and that those differences that I'm reminded of of daily actually are beautiful and should be celebrated. So I didn't have that. So for me, it's natural. It was, was natural to immediately start posting and sharing my journey and sharing my growth and also telling the world that they're beautiful as they are. That was just natural because that was a part of my evolution and my self-love journey. And I think that's the case for a lot of people that are actually in the communities that are seeking representation, that aren't treating this like a buzzword, that this isn't something that's a fad right now. This is our truth. For all of us, we've always just wanted to be represented. We've wanted to be seen. And it's more than a trend in history for us. It is our entire history. So I think that that's super important. In 2017, you posted a really powerful video of yourself writing the words pig, ugly, and fat on your forehead and cheeks with a contouring cream. And then you buffed it away and wrote, I love me on your face with concealer. And that video went completely viral, racking up millions of views. You know, I think that's something that, especially on the internet, resonates so much. There's so many negative things being tossed. I've experienced it. You've clearly experienced it. How do you deal with that? And how do you overcome that? Because I know like that video is so inspiring, but I think it's for people who now you you have millions of followers and people who are just kind of feeling this right now, like what advice do you have for them to overcome dealing with like the negativity that's on the internet? My favorite, my favorite thing to say is happy people don't say hurtful things. Just to me, like there's a level of with joy comes kindness. And I think oftentimes, and so I think that it's helped me, it's offered me peace in times where I've wanted to cry and believe the things people say about me. I've had to remind myself that there's something to be said about the fact that someone must feel so bad to write those things to somebody else and want them to read it. And that's helped. It's helped me. It's freed me because there was a time where I was constantly shaping my understanding of myself based off of what other people were saying about me. And if you enter this space and if you stay in that space mentally, it's not going to be healthy. So you have to very, like very quickly when you enter this world of really just being in the public eye and offering your perspective publicly to separate your identity, your self-worth, your value from the words of others, because it cannot, it cannot be dependent on, on each other because it's just not going to work out. And that's something that takes a lot of practice and like really time. And and once you get there, I think it's just so powerful. So this, obviously this video and these conversations that you're having sparked, you know, a a movement in the industry. And not long after um, that video, you collaborated with Elf Cosmetics to create a makeup collection that celebrated your South Asian heritage. So how did this partnership come about and what was your goal with the collection? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. And it was something that was for me, a big, big milestone for my community. I'm, I'm from Bangladesh, okay? Bangladesh is not a country that is often celebrated globally or is recognized in media, entertainment, fashion, beauty. So to be able to do something and do, the, do it, be the first to do it was amazing and has been an amazing part of having this platform and being a Bangladeshi American that is 
creating these milestones for my community. First, that was amazing. And then on top of that, I'm a plus size woman and I'm a Muslim American girl. So to have a collaboration and be a part of all of these communities and see it be celebrated and the way that Elf wanted to celebrate me was so honest and pure. They really allowed me to just immerse myself in everything that means something to me, including my culture, my family, my values, my self-love journey, everything. So from start to finish, it was very honest. It was very completely a collaboration that took so much time and effort and energy. And also it was a celebration of South Asian culture, which is a culture that is so rich and vibrant and colorful. And from the launch event to the packaging, which you can really experience it, to even the way that we created every product to be universal is just something I'm so proud of. And it, and it came about from Elf and I having a long relationship of loving one another and it becoming something that was important for me because I've had opportunities to do other collaborations, but I chose Elf for my first ever collaboration because I come from very humble beginnings. I am a daughter of immigrant parents, came to this country with nothing, and I know what it's like to, to want to look and feel your best but not have a big budget. And so it was really amazing to kind of work with Elf and help people look and feel their best, but still stay within their budget. Hey, Work Party listeners, let's take a break from today's episode for a word from one of our sponsors. We're living through unprecedented times, and it's safe to say that many of us are experiencing high levels of stress. So much so that doctors are seeing a notable increase in patients shedding abnormal amounts of hair, which they believe to be related to pandemic-induced stress. The hard truth is most women will experience hair loss at some point in their lifetime. In fact, 80% will experience by age 65. Hair loss in itself is stressful and often becomes a sensitive subject for those experiencing it due to embarrassment or even shame. Enter Vegamore, a natural and effective hair loss solution that won't negatively impact your health. Vegamore believes that hair loss shouldn't be a taboo subject and they're on a mission to destigmatize it. Their products are certified vegan, cruelty-free, clinically tested, and toxin-free. They're safe for everyday use, and even better, they actually work. Take it from the hundreds of reviews from women who've experienced life-changing results. Want to experience the hype for yourself? Try Vegamore right now at vegamore.com. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com. And use code PARTY20 at checkout to receive 20% off. Say goodbye to hair loss and hello to a safe and effective solution. Use the link in our description for 20% off at vegamore.com. Thanks, guys. Hi there. I'm Maureen McGoodwin, founder and CEO of Career Contessa, the largest online career resource built inclusively for women. I also have the privilege of hosting our new podcast, The Females. We're here to help with real talk career advice from CEOs, authors, creatives, and other experts to give you real strategies for building a successful career all on your own terms. Each episode of The Females is sure to not only inspire, but also to motivate you to take action and move your career forward. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for new episodes and follow along on careercontessa.com. So you've gone on to collaborate with a ton of different brands from Benefit, Sephora, and OGX as an OG, OG expert. And how do you choose which brands you want to partner with? And what do you think makes a successful partnership? I personally choose who I partner with by... First of all, I like to see the brand's mission. What, how does the brand navigate socially? You know, what are their products? Is it affordable or is it a product that is worth the investment? Those are all things that I think about. And I also just want to make sure that it's a brand that, ha- that really loves me and sees me as a person, not as a commodity. And I think that's so important. And so a brand that loves and values me and has incredible products is a brand that I'm going to want to work with. And a brand that also has 
a dedication to offer representation with their product and with the way that they present it to the world. That's so important. So those are some of the things that I use to kind of decide whether or not I'm going to work with a brand. I'm really happy to be working with OGX uh, as an OG expert because OGX is also a part of my story. I kind of always look at the full circle moments. ELF is a very full circle moment. I started my makeup journey using ELF products and OGX is the same thing. It's a very full circle thing for me because I started my self-love journey by picking up a bottle of OGX shampoo and deciding I'm not going to listen to what other people say about me and my body. I'm going to try to find the things I love about myself and start from there. And it was my hair. And so I picked up some OGX and I started using it. And that's when I started to pick more things about myself that I loved. Oh, I love my eyes. Oh, I love my lips. I love my body. And then it just became this amazing domino effect. So I love to look for full circle moments with my partnerships for sure. Oh, I love that. That's such an amazing story. And I mean, earlier this year, you graced the cover of Glamour UK and became the first ever Bangladeshi American cover star for a major magazine. Mic drop, if I had a mic. (laughs) Um, The beauty industry has obviously come a long way. There's still a lot of ways to go. But what are you excited to see as the industry evolves and, and, you know, becoming a better champion of diversity and inclusion? I'm just looking for consistency. And I also am looking for brands who mean what they say. Throwing up a black photo because you feel like you need to, or are you actually doing the things internally within your company and with your actions to really reflect what you are saying to the world? And so that kind of trickles down to everything else. I really am looking for people and brands who are championing diversity from the ground up, from their business internally outward. I also am looking for, you know, no one wants to be a token. You know, no one wants to be a token in movies. I'm tired of the token, like fat girl, best friend, who's the butt of the jokes, or the brown girl that's your best friend but can never be a lead, right? So there's just so many situations um, this is why never have I ever is so important. And so, and people are feeling so seen. We, we want to feel seen and heard in a way that's authentic and in a way that includes us in the decision-making as well, which is so important. If we're not having actual diverse people in these, in these boards, in these conference rooms, if it's, if it's just a bunch of white people talking about how they can be more diverse, how is that actually authentically seeking diversity? So I think personally, I want to continue to champion and encourage true efforts of diversity and inclusion and really be mindful of what we are doing, what we're putting out into the world and how people can feel more seen and represented. So me having the Glamour UK cover hopefully inspires another brown girl, another Bangladeshi girl to to reach for her dreams, to try something because she saw somebody else can do it too. Amen to everything you're saying. And I think that's so true. I think, yeah, the hope is that it's authentic and it's not just a moment in time. And even like you said, like, all the tokens that we've seen throughout the years, it's almost now comical to watch old movies saying like, how was this how it was forever? Because the world I live in, is so diverse, age, race, gender, etc. And like watching things now, you're like, this is crazy. So hopeful that people will change. And like you said, it's more than just slapping up a photo. So I want to talk a little bit about confidence. So obviously, you're a public figure, and you navigate being scrutinized by virtual strangers all the time. But I think women right now are, you know, kind of in a place where they're struggling with their confidence, whether it's in the boardroom or in their own lives. Obviously, there's a lot of anxiety and stress in the world right now. What are some tips you have for cultivating confidence? Confidence, in my confidence, I'm really able to to grow it and to develop it and to strengthen it, not just by focusing on the external element of it. So not just wearing a crop top because I'm 
I can because I'm beautiful, because I, I deserve to, because I love it. That's all great. And that helps me feel more confident. Absolutely. But it also starts from being confident with who you are inside. And that's why I think that I like to do things every single day that make me feel proud of who I am. Who am I when people aren't looking, especially when you're a public figure? Who are you when people aren't looking, right? And when I, when I know that that matches up to who I am, when people are looking, I feel more confident and I feel better about myself. So I think confidence really stems from this idea of can you, at the end of the day, can you sit with yourself and be proud? And if that is the case, I think that that helps you build confidence. And so that's something that's really helped me. And then externally, in terms of the beauty element of it all, I have decided whenever I look at myself in the mirror to to try my best to first and foremost acknowledge the things that I love and, and to celebrate them and to, and to gas myself up, you know, I'm, I'm my biggest cheerleader. I'm like, girl, that looks so good. I really just believe you have to talk to yourself like you would your best friend. And when you start to do that, when you make a conscious effort to be in love with yourself, I think that it really helps you be more confident and feel, feel like you can take on things that are tough or difficult or uncomfortable because you know at the end of the day you can sit with yourself and be proud of it and I think that's that's what helps me yes yes all of it is so good <laughs> last year you launched Ziba a self-love movement and size inclusive clothing brand that doesn't conform to numerical sizing charts and it's a community as well so how did you introduce this to your audience and, and what sparked you to launch this so Ziba is you know I like to call it a movement and a community first and then it's a, a lifestyle brand after because ultimately it is a self-love revolution. We call ourselves that and we're very proud of it because we are challenging the idea that, that beauty is something that can be defined by one institution or by society. And we're constantly encouraging others to redefine beauty standards to include them rather than changing themselves to, to fit within somebody else's standards of beauty. Started that by creating a sizing system that was empowering. And it's not because we believe in being ashamed of our size or not owning you know, a label or a size, but it's that we are beyond that. You know, I am beyond, you are beyond any size, measurement, tag, label, or anything that's trying to put you into a box. And you are way more than all of those things. So for me, you know, I wanted to come up with something that was empowering and affirming and a reminder that you are way more than that tag. So we, we decided that we wanted to kind of dismantle this idea of small, medium, large, and, and replace them with passionate, brave, inspiring, etc., all the way down to our traditional 5X, which is worthy. And people have said that when, you know, we did have a soft launch in the beginning where we kind of shared as an educator, we created some pieces in the beginning to once we launched the community, just to get people excited and also to teach them. Just like when Starbucks created Venti Grande and we're all able to speak Starbucks, I want people to speak Ziba. So I needed to create something. And so we did that initially. And people were saying, whenever I grab my crew neck or whenever I grab my tea and it says radiant or powerful or brave, it does something for me. I had someone that commented saying, I'm in the parking lot ordering and I've never seen myself defined as things that are beyond a label. And as I'm picking my size to know that I'm radiant, I'm crying. You know, people were writing comments like that and it means the world and it shows the need for 
empowering people to know that they're way beyond these things that are trying to confine them. We're really excited because I'm currently designing our summer line and that's going to be the fully actual like pieces that you can wear that are beyond a tee or a crew neck. So dresses and skirts, etc. And we're really excited to expand. We're a startup and we're small, but we're very hopeful that people start to identify themselves with our affirming words of, of love and affirmation. That's so beautiful. And, and it's so obvious in a lot of ways where it's like, how has this never happened before? But I mean, you're a mogul in the making. I love it. It's, it's awesome. And so, you know, we talked a little bit about diversity and inclusion and, and, you know, you're very transparent on your platforms and you're no stranger to having difficult conversations with loved ones about race and culture. And you've shared that your parents were very much opposed to you marrying your husband and refused to give their blessings before they met him. So what advice can you share for navigating uncomfortable and necessary conversations with loved ones, especially during this time? For my my situation specifically, you know, I have immigrant parents, South Asian, specifically from Bangladesh, came to this country wanting us to have access to all of the things that uh, they never had access to and just a better life. But with that came culture shock, culture shock on things that they were not ready to accept or embrace. And as I assimilated and as we as a family assimilated, there were still certain things that they had hoped traditionally I would keep. And that would be the idea of an arranged marriage. My older sister had an arranged marriage. She's happily married. And, you know, it's not something that is what people oftentimes think, especially modern arranged marriages. Obviously, there are definitely old-fashioned arranged marriages that are that can be very oppressive in certain institutions around the world. But modern arranged marriages are honestly like e-harmony or Tinder. <laughs> But your parents are picking you, uh, they're filtering it. So they're not even like picking for you. They are filtering who you get to kind of see and already giving you their pre-blessings. You already are in a pool of boys to date or consider or talk with that have already gotten your parents' blessings. So you're kind of going through their network. And it's like, we watch Millionaire Matchmaker and we're like, yeah, go. But we're not open to the idea of our parents being the one doing it. So it's actually really incredible. Um, however... I, I was ready to have an arranged marriage. I actually shared with my audience on November 2nd of 2012, I shared with my audience that I was going to get an arranged marriage like my older sister and I was going to do this and that I'm, I'm totally fine with it. And let me dispel some of the rumors or myths about them. I was super proud. The next day, Seth asked me for my number and asked me on a date, November 3rd. Like, so it's just wow. kind of me, this idea. Sometimes you have plans and, and God has a different one for you. And my life was a testament of that. But to answer your question, because I just want to rant, to answer your question, I think the way that we navigated their disapproval was respecting the fact that they, it was culture shock, respecting the fact that they are not familiar with this. They're, they did not want this for me particularly, but also not being disrespectful or disobedient. So for me, I was never disrespectful to my parents as I was disobeying them. So I was never right. belittled to my parents as I was disobeying them. Because also, pro tip, if you do that, your parents are going to attribute that to them. So they're going mm. to say, oh, he changed you. He made you rude. He made you talk to me like this. He made you disrespectful. So I was not going to let that happen either. <laughs> so I stayed myself, my kind self. I stayed positive. I stayed loving, even as I was doing something that they did not approve of. And so over time, they realized she's still the daughter that I love. She just loves someone mm. different than we wanted for, that, for her. And another thing I appreciate about my parents is that they never agreed to meet him when they were disapproving. 
they only agreed to meet him when they were ready to give their blessing. So Seth only has an amazing awareness and understanding of my parents, um, which is really amazing as well. But I just really encourage people to stay true to themselves, to not choose unless they have to. You know, a lot of times parents will make you choose me or him or me or them. Hold on to not having to do so for as long as you can. But until, you know, you ha- everyone's story is different and everyone's family situation is different. But trying to navigate it with as much love and respect for both parties is so necessary. So long as they're being respectful as well. I think that's also mm-hmm. So, yeah, a mutual respect. Yeah, definitely. So at this moment, we're obviously still in the coronavirus pandemic, and you recently shared that you tested positive for COVID-19 and even spent time receiving treatment at the hospital, which is crazy. I saw, I saw your post and I was like, what's happening? But you were compelled to share your experience, which I think is helpful, especially with this pandemic, because there's not a lot of information out there. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience and you know, obviously how you're feeling now? Yes. So... For me, I'm immunocompromised and I had been quarantining for self-quarantining for about 70-ish days at that time, actually sharing every single day on TikTok and on the Bellinor Home, which is my homemaking page on Instagram. So I was posting daily what I was doing every single day, just kind of giving people some pockets of peace of like my day that kind of made them feel a little bit. I kind of started it by just thinking of how it could help me. And it helped me with my anxiety of having to be indoors and kind of getting scared of getting the virus. So I started creating this content. 70 something days in, people are, you know, with me every day. I'm sharing them, you know, what I'm doing. And then I get the virus and it took the internet by storm because they were with me every single day watching what I was doing. And they were like, you never left your house. You left your house like five times. I left my house for doctor's appointments and groceries. I never left my house to go like to the beach. I didn't go, I didn't do, I wasn't at the park. I wasn't, you know, anywhere. So leaving my house five times and getting the coronavirus in the 70 day span, 70 ish day span was so shocking to not just myself, but the world. It also just goes to show that you know, we think we're being safe, even when we think we're being safe, we may not. And also the other thing that it really taught me, the experience taught me was that there are more asymptomatic carriers than we may understand or want to understand. So even when someone, your best friend looks healthy and they look okay and they look fine, so you're thinking, I can go hang out with them asymptomatic carriers are spreading the virus. And so they're not experiencing anything, but they're, you know, but you could potentially get the virus from them. So that is a tough truth that I try to spread every single day, post having the coronavirus and post surviving it. I had a very tough experience with the virus because I'm immunocompromised. My body was just not able to handle it well. And so I almost died and I was on oxygen and everything. And I had, you know, I've shared my testimony on my, on my YouTube and on my Instagram of just how bad it got. But there was, you know, I was saying my final prayers. Like I was, you know, I even thought, do I need to like, like set up my will? Like it was just really bad because it was that intense for me. My lungs constantly felt like they were going to give up and give out. It was a period of such darkness and like, fear that I was going to die because every second felt like it was my last, like my lungs were giving me my last second of life. (sighs) And then by the grace of God, I'm alive and I survived, but surviving it, what comes with it and what comes after it, I don't think people talk enough about. And then also what, what the doctors are able to share with you, no one really talks about as well. 
people, we don't know about this virus enough. We don't have a cure, right? So therefore, even when you're about to die, there's not really much that can be done besides giving you, you know, oxygen or, or helping you breathe. But besides that, there is no magical, we're not putting something in to suddenly eliminate the virus. So doctors are also in these really helpless situations and the nurses and everyone's just trying to make you as comfortable as possible as you navigate the virus within your body. And so understanding that and understanding how scary it can get, sure, you know, Seth had it with me, but he was asymptomatic. So sure, someone can have that experience, but then someone can have my experience. And so it's really understanding the fact that you don't want to get this virus and learn that there isn't much that can be done besides seeing how it unfolds within your body. And so that was something that made me feel like when I survive this virus, if I survive this virus, all I want to do is just encourage people to really be safe and really Mm. love hard and really be responsible. And so, yeah, that's kind of a little bit of a, like, really random bits, but I definitely want people to understand that we don't know enough. So because we don't know enough, let's just be safe. Absolutely. And I'm so happy you're feeling better. I mean, it's especially scary for people who are immunocompromised. And like you said, it affects people in totally different ways and random like yeah. you can have a really bad or really good. And, and the asymptomatic thing is very interesting as well, but I'm just so happy you're feeling better. And thank you for sharing your experience because I think that there's a lot of like confusion. And if you don't know someone who's had it, you really don't understand it. It's bad because we're all just kind of going off of what we're hearing or seeing. But a lot of people don't understand that when it gets really bad and you think that you might die or you feel as though you're, you're about to die and you survive, there's not enough mental health assistance or mm. dealing with that post-traumatic stress. So thankfully, I've already, I already had a therapist and I'm working with my therapist every day. But going from believing I was dying and, and nearly dying to now living and that transition in such a short span of time is a lot. And so a lot of people that are surviving the coronavirus that had near-death experiences, not those who might, you know, have had more asymptomatic experiences, but those that have nearly died and survived are having similar experiences of just really intense post-traumatic stress, depression, etc. So there's a lot to unpack. And I think that it, it requires a sense of sensitivity and it requires just a sense of mutual respect for each other. Let's just wear masks. Wear a mask. Yes, just wear a mask. I appreciate that so much. And honestly, it's so true, especially coming, experiencing something when you're already in a stressful situation and dealing with that. And even just talking about, I mean, like you've been on this rocket ship of success, you're blowing up for, you know, every, every single thing. And then to have this like traumatic experience, it's supposed to show you how, you know, short life is and how important, like you said, it is to just love and care and be out there doing what you love to do. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Okay, we're going to end on some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. I feel most confident when? I make someone feel good about themselves. The best response to a negative comment is? I like to end with take care of yourself because I think that I'll respond and then I'll just say take care of yourself. The person whose career has inspired me the most is? Okay, it would be Oprah Winfrey and Queen Latifah. And beauty to me is? Kindness to yourself and others. Thank you so much for your time. This was incredible. You're doing amazing things and we can't wait to see what you do next. 
Have you bought your copy of Work Party the Book? Part career manifesto, part practical business advice, Work Party the Book is everything I wish I knew during my early years as an entrepreneur. The ups, the downs, the things I learned and the women that helped me to make it happen. Just like in our podcast, Work Party the Book does not shy away from the nitty gritty details you need to know. If you hope to start your own business or become the HBIC at your current gig, we're here to help you out. Available in hardcover and audiobook on Amazon, also on iBooks at Target and your local bookstore. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Work Party, the podcast. If you felt inspired and learned something new, let us know in a review on iTunes and check us out on social at Work Party. For every episode, we have downloadable resources available on workparty.com so you can put these tips and tools into action for your own business. Thanks again for listening. And as always, work hard, party on.